Chapter Three, Part One of *The Doctor, His Wife, and the Clock* by Anna Catherine Green. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Caroline. Chapter Three, Part One. The cause of this sudden move was soon explained to me. Mrs. Zabriskie, anxious to have an end put to the present condition of affairs had begged for a more rigid examination into her husband's state this being accorded a strict and impartial inquiry had taken place with a result not unlike that which followed the first one three out of his four interrogators judged him insane and could not be moved from their opinion though opposed by the verdict of the young expert who had been living in the house with him dr zabriskie seemed to read their thoughts and showing extreme agitation begged as before for an opportunity to prove his sanity by showing his skill in shooting this time a disposition was evinced to grant his request which mrs zabriskie no sooner perceived than she added her supplications to his that the question might be thus settled a pistol was accordingly brought but at the sight of it her courage failed and she changed her prayer to an entreaty that the experiment should be postponed till the next day and should then take place in the woods away from the sight and hearing of needless spectators though it would have been much wiser to have ended the matter there and then the superintendent was prevailed upon to listen to her entreaties and thus it was that i came to be a spectator if not a participator in the final scene of this most sombre drama there are some events which impress the human mind so deeply that their memory mingles with all after experiences though i have made it a rule to forget as soon as possible the tragic episodes into which i am constantly plunged there is one scene in my life which will not depart at my will and that is the sight which met my eyes from the bow of the small boat in which dr zabriskie and his wife were rowed over to jersey on that memorable afternoon though it was by no means late in the day the sun was already sinking and the bright red glare which filled the heavens and shone full upon the faces of the half-dozen persons before me added much to the tragic nature of the scene though we were far from comprehending its dull significance the doctor sat with his wife in the stern and it was upon their faces my glance was fixed the glare shone luridly on his sightless eyeballs and as i noticed his unwinking lids i realized as never before what it was to be blind in the midst of sunshine her eyes on the contrary were lowered but there was a look of hopeless misery in her colourless face which made her appearance infinitely pathetic 
and i felt confident that if he could only have seen her he would not have maintained the cold and unresponsive manner which chilled the words on her lips and made all advance on her part impossible on the seat in front of them sat the inspector and a doctor and from some quarter possibly from under the expector's coat there came the monotonous ticking of a small clock which i had been told was to serve as a target for the blind man's aim this ticking was all i heard though the noise and bustle of a great traffic was pressing upon us on every side and i am sure it was all that she heard as with a hand pressed to her heart and eyes fixed on the opposite shore she waited for the event which was to determine whether the man she loved was a criminal or only a being afflicted of god and worthy of her unceasing care and devotion as the sun cast its last scarlet gleam over the water the boat grounded and it fell to my lot to assist mrs zabriskie up the bank as i did so i allowed myself to say i am your friend mrs zabriskie and was astonished to see her tremble and turn toward me with a look like that of a frightened child but there was always this characteristic blending in her countenance of the childlike and the severe such as may so often be seen in the faces of nuns and beyond an added pang of pity for this beautiful but afflicted woman i let the moment pass without giving it the weight it perhaps demanded the doctor and his wife had a long talk last night was whispered in my ear as we wound our way along into the woods i turned and perceived at my side the expert physician portions of whose diary i have already quoted he had come by another boat but it did not seem to heal whatever breach lies between them he proceeded then in a quick curious tone he asked do you believe this attempt on his part is likely to prove anything but a farce i believe he will shatter the clock to pieces with his first shot i answered and could say no more for we had already reached the ground which had been selected for this trial at arms and the various members of the party were being placed in their several positions the doctor to whom light and darkness were alike stood with his face towards the western glow and at his side were grouped the inspector and the two physicians on the arm of one of the latter hung dr zabriskie's overcoat which he had taken off as soon as he reached the field mrs zabriskie stood at the other end of the opening near a tall stump upon which it had been decided that the clock should be placed when the moment came for the doctor to show his skill 
she had been accorded the privilege of setting the clock on this stump and i saw it shining in her hand as she paused for a moment to glance back at the circle of gentlemen who were awaiting her movements the hands of the clock stood at five minutes to five though i scarcely noted the fact at the time for her eyes were on mine and as she passed me she spoke if he is not himself he cannot be trusted watch him carefully and see that he does no mischief to himself or others be at his right hand and stop him if he does not handle his pistol properly i promised and as she passed on setting the clock upon the stump and immediately drawing back to a suitable distance at the right where she stood wrapped in her long dark cloak quite alone her face shone ghastly white even in its environment of snow-covered boughs which surrounded her and noting this i wished the minutes fewer between the present moment and the hour of five at which he was to draw the trigger dr zabriskie quoth the inspector we have endeavoured to make this trial a perfectly fair one you are to have one shot at a small clock which has been placed within a suitable distance and which you are expected to hit guided only by the sound which it will make in striking the hour of five are you satisfied with the arrangement perfectly where is my wife on the other side of the field some ten paces from the stump upon which the clock is fixed he bowed and his face showed satisfaction may i expect the clock to strike soon in less than five minutes was the answer then let me have the pistol i wish to become acquainted with its size and weight we glanced at each other then across at her she made a gesture it was one of acquiescence immediately the inspector placed the weapon in the blind man's hand it was at once apparent that the doctor understood the instrument and my last doubt vanished as to the truth of all he had told us thank god i am blind this hour and cannot see her fell unconsciously from his lips then before the echo of these words had left my ears he raised his voice and observed calmly enough considering that he was about to prove himself a criminal in order to save himself from being thought a madman let no one move i must have my ears free for catching the first stroke of the clock and he raised the pistol before him there was a moment of torturing suspense and deep unbroken silence my eyes were on him and so i did not watch the clock but suddenly i was moved by some irresistible impulse to note how mrs zabriskie was bearing herself at this critical moment and casting a hurried glance in her direction 
i perceived her tall figure swaying from side to side as if under an intolerable strain of feeling her eyes were on the clock the hands of which seemed to creep with snail-like pace along the dial when unexpectedly and a full minute before the minute hand had reached the stroke of five i caught a movement on her part saw the flash of something round and white show for an instant against the darkness of her cloak and was about to shriek a warning to the doctor when the shrill quick stroke of a clock rung out on the frosty air followed by the ping and flash of a pistol a sound of shattered glass followed by a suppressed cry told us that the bullet had struck the mark but before we could move or rid our eyes of the smoke which the wind had blown into our faces there came another sound which made our hair stand on end and sent the blood back in terror to our hearts another clock was striking the clock which we now perceived was still standing upright on the stump where mrs zabriskie had placed it whence came the clock then which had struck before the time and been shattered for its pains one quick look told us on the ground ten paces at the right lay helen zabriskie a broken clock at her side and in her breast a bullet which was fast sapping the life from her sweet eyes we had to tell him there was such pleading in her looks and never shall i forget the scream that rang from his lips as he realized the truth breaking from our midst he rushed forward and fell at her feet as if guided by some supernatural instinct helen he shrieked what is this were not my hands dyed deep enough in blood that you should make me answerable for your life also her eyes were closed but she opened them looking long and steadily at his agonized face she faltered forth it is not you who have killed me it is your crime had you been innocent of mr hasbrook's death your bullet would never have found my heart did you think i could survive the proof that you had killed that good man i-i did it unwittingly i-hush she commanded with an awful look which happily he could not see i had another motive i wished to prove to you even at the cost of my life that i loved you had always loved you and not it was now his turn to silence her his hand crept over her lips and his despairing face turned itself blindly towards us go he cried leave us let me take a last farewell of my dying wife without listeners or spectators consulting the eye of the physician who stood beside me and seeing no hope in it 
i fell slowly back the others followed and the doctor was left alone with his wife from the distant position we took we saw her arms creep around his neck saw her head fall confidingly on his breast then silence settled upon them and upon all nature the gathering twilight deepening till the last glow disappeared from the heavens above and from the circle of leafless trees which enclosed this tragedy from the outside world but at last there came a stir and dr zabriskie rising up before us with the dead body of his wife held closely to his breast confronted us with a countenance so rapturous that he looked like a man transfigured i will carry her to the boat said he not another hand shall touch her she was my true wife my true wife and he towered into an attitude of such dignity and passion that for a moment he took on heroic proportions and we forgot that he had just proved himself to have committed a cold-blooded and ghastly crime End of chapter three part one